podcast, you are listening to the Queen Sylvie Show. You are now part of the royalty. Welcome to the Queen Sylvie Show. Tune in and living good laugh, good vibe. That's the show. Get smooth with Tim. Get smooth with Tim. They had you brought in like you popped a pill. Once you hear the show, you ain't gonna want it to end. Get creative with the sounds you can make with your mouth. Reaching all over the world, Queen Sylvie in the house. Award winning show, with the number one spot. Look out. It's the Queen Silver Show, look out, good Tuesday morning, this is Smooth Tim, and welcome to another terrific Tuesday on the Queen Silver Show. It is now my absolute pleasure to introduce to you the world's sexiest granny, everyone's favorite comedian, Queen Silly. Yes. Yes, it is me once again on this terrific Tuesday, Queen Sylvie, and thank you all for tuning in today. You know, it's a wonderful day here in this uh, beautiful day here in Arlington, Texas, as I look out the window and see the birds smiling. See them? As they fly by. Isn't that nice? They're just yes. all over the place. They're so happy here at Globe Life Park. You didn't see them. They ride by real quick. You got to look quick to see them. But without further ado, allow me to introduce my buddy, pal, and 2016-2017 co-host of the year, Smooth Tim. Hey, Tim. Good morning, Queen, and how are you today? <laughs> you know me. I am super califragilistic. Yes, I am. Yes, I suppose it's 24-7-365. Yes, I am. Queen Sylvie, uh-huh. you're simply I know. amazing. Amazing, yes. I am amazing. You didn't know I'm amazing, but what also is amazing smooth is the amazing lineup of guests and announcements that we have today. Absolutely, Queen. On today's show, we have founding pastor, coach, consultant, Lee Powell. Yes, in the house. We have the executive director at Drug Free World of North Texas, Mm -hmm. Nina Tan. Yes. So we have quite a very interesting show. I welcome show you both to today. the Queen City Show. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Announcements, Queen. Uh, let's remind everybody about the uh, thyroid autoimmune workshop coming up on March 4th yes. at the Eliza Odom <laughs> Athletic Center on March 4th. Yeah, March 4th on Green Oaks. I was thinking 1601 Northeast Green Oaks. Pretty, uh, Green Oaks and Collins pretty close. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, get in there and listen to uh, some fantastic information on autoimmune, some thyroid uh, information, and you might be able to get off the meds and on to health. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's what Tammy Stewart, uh, our monthly certified health coach, and she'll be here on the show March 3rd, and then March 4th, we'll be at the Elsie Oldham Athletic Center, and it's free. The registration is free. Just simply go to getyourhealthbacknow.com simple and get signed up to go to that. Yeah, I forgot to mention the price and that's a really, really, really good For price. For real, right? <laughs> Doctors, they're going to want something when you come into their offices, right? And, and so this is she, all she keeps free information. Yes, yes. Tammy has saved my life. Wow. I wish that I knew her back in Ohio uh, when my mom was ill. Because I have another look on what doctors and the things they want to dish out to you. And there's other ways about, what is it what she say? Health by God? What, food by God? Uh, man by food God? Food by God for the body by God. That's right. That's right. And uh, so look for that coming up on March 3rd and March 4th. Um, do you have more smooth? 
No, ma'am. That covers it all. All right. Well, listen, what I want you to know is that we are currently going live on Facebook under Sylvie Starks. You can log on there and see our celebrity guests here live in studio right now. But you can spread the word as well. Go to www.fbrn.us and join us live for the Queen Sylvie Show on Fishbowl Radio Network on this terrific Tuesday. The numbers are, the phone lines are open and you're more than welcome to call in, ask our guests a question, give a shout out or holla at a girl. But you know I'm a holla back. Gotcha. But take a chance. The number to do it on is 214-431-5032. Again, I am thankful that you are here. But before I begin my conversation with Pastor Lee, should I call you Pastor Lee or just Lee? Just Lee. Lee's good. Lee. I miss you. I'm glad to see you, Lee. Thank you. I really am. So before I begin my conversation with Lee, what I'd like to do is I'd like to share some motivational words from the Queen Silver Show to you. Believe in yourself and have faith in your abilities. <laughs> I know it might not happen immediately, but just trust that in time it absolutely will happen. See, you're capable of amazingly wonderful, positive things. Did you know that? And when your goal in front of you becomes more powerful than the obstacles behind you, you will always win. Believe that. So believe in yourself. And when you do, you'll have 100% of the people you need on your side, right? You. And those are some motivational words from the Queen Sylvie Show. Yeah. To you. See, there they are. You hear that audience? You didn't know that, but we, our phones are charged, so we have audience now. <laughs> we got them fully charged. Again, we are currently going live on Facebook. You can log on to Sylvie Starks to see our wonderful guest and log on and spread the word for www.fbrn.us and join in with us live. Lee, I want to welcome you to the Queen Sylvie Show. Thank you. Founding pastor of one of the country's largest churches. He is a consultant and a coach here to share lessons learned in ministry, as well as discuss his current mission, helping churches maximize their kingdom impact. From Fort Worth, Texas, I introduce to you, Lee Powell. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, that's the audience. Oh, my God. The audience again. They love you. Ready <laughs> to go. To go. So listen, let me give a brief um, testimony, if I can, on Cedar Creek Church. Look it up. Is it Cedar Creek TV? Cedar Creek dot TV. Cedar Creek dot TV. Look it up. This is an extraordinary church that I personally know hands on because, listen, my mother has never been. The only time I remember my mother going to church is when I was a toddler. And when she was sick and ill and smooth introduced me to Cedar Creek. And we went all the time. She went. Now, mind you, she's from a Baptist church, different music, different everything, and she fell in love with Cedar Creek. She lived in Toledo, Ohio. We lived in Bowling Green, Ohio, and Cedar Creek was in Perrysburg. And she would call me early in the morning, where are you at? You so slow, so just to come and get her. And we drive to Toledo and go to church in Perrysburg with my mom. So, and it blessed her because they used to have, do they still have prayer down there in the All front? Yeah, and she was in a wheelchair, but she would wheel down and get that prayer because she knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And she made peace. Mm-hmm. And she made peace at Cedar Creek. Cedar Creek is a church. That's you need to hand on it. <laughs> Slide a check to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm with you, Lee. I'm going to start back to 1994 where you attended a leadership conference. Right. You met Bill Heibel. And from that point, things changed. Things grew. Mm-hmm. 
you made a difference. Can you tell me about all of that? Well, so as you said, in 1994, I was an associate pastor at a church in Oregon, Ohio, which is a suburb of Toledo as mm-hmm. well. And uh, went to a conference where Bill Hybels was speaking and actually went to a breakout session where they were talking about church planting. And I really felt God's call in that. I was supposed to be the senior pastor at that church where I was the associate. That's why I had been brought in there. Mm. But instead, uh, with permission of that pastor, I asked if we could go and plant a church in Perrysburg, which is on the other side of town. And I sort of grew up in Perrysburg, and so I knew the area. And uh, that was not my intent, getting into ministry to plant a church. I didn't really even know anything <laughs> about what, you know, what that was about. And so when we started Cedar Creek, it was really with the goal and mission of reaching unchurched people. We had no aspiration to be a large church. And as we got large, people would say to me, so tell me about this vision. Did God give you this vision of a large church? And not at all. Was, it was kind of daunting to think about a large church. We'd go to Willow Creek, and it was like Disneyland, you know. Wow. And so, anyways, what happened is we started with this group of 30 people, and in a couple of years, you know, we had uh, we started doubling for a few years in a row, and eventually the church was up to four or 5,000, I mean, before we knew it. And uh, by the time I left in 2014, it was actually nearly 10,000. Weekly. That's a big one. Weekly, right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? With yes, five, five locations. Is. Now there's six locations. Six locations now. All in Ohio? All in Ohio. And one of the, the last locations that they added after I left was actually the church that I just mentioned that I came out of to start Cedar Creek. Mm-hmm. That church. Willow. That, no, was, no not Willow. Gracie Evangelical in Oregon, the church in Oregon. Mm-hmm. They gave the keys to Cedar Creek and said, we really feel like you could do a better job here. And so that church is now a Cedar wow. Creek. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That gives me chills. That is amazing. Any plans to go even further? Well, I'm not a part of the... You know the planning team. I am the founding pastor of Cedar Creek, and I can you know, I hang out. You can talk. do what you want, Liz. Come on. But, but no, I'm really not involved in the strategic planning at all of the church. It's Ben Snyder is leading that now. He's a fantastic. <sighs> Shout out, Ben. Ben sent me a message last night, and do you know he said that my birthday is not today. It's next Tuesday, March third. <laughs> and I said, Ben, so it's mine. Yeah. Ben, you're cool. He's turning forty. Is he really? Oh, now you got a tattle on him about <laughs> Now, I don't mean to just spur off yeah. from talking to you, but you, you said it. Ben Snyder yeah. is a great guy. I'm telling you, when he told me his birthday was next week, I said, that explains why you're so compassionate yeah. and so emotional. I'm telling you, when you watch Ben preach, you're going to cry. Well, I was very fortunate. I mean, people ask me, how did you make the transition so smooth? Because a lot of times when you have a founding pastor who leaves the church for whatever reason, it leaves a lot of... Carn- some some people leave people and want to... Yeah. And so there was some of that, but the church is very healthy. And when people ask me, how did you do it? And I say, Ben Snyder. <laughs> it was Ben, you know, yeah. having somebody like that. He'd been at the church for. He has years. matured. But you had developed him so well. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and, and when we first seen yeah. Ben get up and we seen him a little out of his comfort yeah. zone, and you kept putting him in that situation out of his comfort zone and he developed so well you did a fantastic job he's a great communicator Mm -hmm. i i told people i said before long ben's gonna be a better speaker than me and that's (laughs) happened now and uh that's i I celebrate that but you mentored you did that you know, I mean, he makes you want to cry when Ben's talking. You're like, oh, he's got me. Ben always have my left eye tearing. I tell you, I don't know what it is, but the left one just just starts dripping. <laughs> but you know what? We are talking to Lee Powell here, founding 
founding pastor of Cedar Creek Church. And we're going to learn some things that he does involving coaching and consulting other churches to be like that, to follow that path. You're more than welcome to call in and ask our guest a question, give a shout out or holler at him, a suggestion or anything. The number to do it on is 214-431-5032. You're more than welcome to send any questions and comments. Pop it on Facebook on the Silly Starts where we are currently going live. Lee, you know, um, Jesus designed a church to be a powerful force in the world. Right. And I know that right now there's a lot of things going on within the church and around the church. Is it still a powerful place? Oh, of absolutely. Course? I mean, maybe, maybe more than ever. But we just don't see it because, you know, this is, there's a world out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And in some parts of the world, the church is actually looks much like the first century church in terms of explosive growth and traumatic life change and and in the united states uh, we're a little bit more subdued and mm-hmm. but but um even though there has been this demise of the church predicted it, it's it's just not true um it's just going to look different it's, it's it's a it's a test i think you know you know how we all tested and sometimes if you pass that test that test can become a testimony yeah. but then there's some that fall out and don't come back, and they make a bad example sure. for you know. Well, I I meet with pastors on a regular basis. I mean, that's that's what I do, <clears throat> and I can tell you that they they are there are men and women who are fired up and just working hard uh, to proclaim the gospel, and so. The church is not on its way out. It's on its. It's. I think it's going to be even more powerful. I think it's coming together stronger even now the, with so much that's going on. I mean, it, it's needed right now. Yeah. You know. So you're a blessing to a lot of churches to help keep that foundation firm because, because I mean, like you say, we are human. Pastors, preachers, uh, they're they're human too. Sure. And they can only take it so much before they break. Yes. And you need that team. You need that foundation. And sometimes you don't have it. So good for you, Lee, for, from going from one thing seriously to another because that's what we did. We retired. We went from one thing to another, and we're still making a difference. Nina, you're making a difference. Yes. You know, God is doing amazing things through all of us, right? Yes. So, Lee, what has God done? What amazing things has God done through Cedar Creek? Name some of the, the things that well, Cedar so, Creek. you know, again, when we started out, our goal was to reach unchurched people, and that's that happened in pretty sort of unprecedented numbers. You know, about 50% of the people who were coming to Cedar Creek were unchurched. They had no church before they came. And um, where that's a little different than some churches that tend to have this sort of, you know, kind of people who were in a church and disenfranchised. And, you know, they, okay, so that's one of the things. But the other thing, if you look at Cedar Creek as a, as a church, um, not only did we, um, you know, have start other campuses, but then we planted churches all over the United States as well as uh, in Central America and mm-hmm. other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of, if you back up locally, one of the things I was most proud of about Cedar Creek was the love for the local community. Mm-hmm. One of the things we recognized is single moms in particular. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the demographic group that's most likely to be in poverty. And so we had a, a guy in our church that asked, he said, hey, can I help single moms by repairing their cars? And we're like, sure. <laughs> How great is that, right? Well, then that developed into a ministry where we have four bays of single moms bring their cars and we repair them for I free. remember that. We even we give cars away. I know that. We train their sons and daughters how to change the oil on their cars. <laughs> that is amazing. And so that's just one example and then uh, you know there would be numerous other examples. We have a free medical clinic on Tuesday nights at one of our campuses in South Wow. Wow. 
there's 40 doctors there. And when I say 40, wow, I didn't know. most this of them are intern, you know, there's, I think there's five doctors supervising. Hmm. And so people from the community can come and get free health care. And um, I could go on and on with the number of things. Cedar Creek Church, come, uh, hospital coming up, medical center. Um, that is amazing things, though. It really is. When you can get people to come through your door and then come back to your door. Because, look, when you before you get to the door at Cedar Creek, you're welcome. You used to get welcome with a handshake. Now is it still dapping? Yeah, well, that's dapper guy. Flu season, right? Yeah, during flu season, right? You're on that. We don't play that. But, but you're welcome. It is so amazing when you can find people that give their car to someone who needs that car. Yeah, and have a good heart like that, or someone who will bring bags of food, bags of clothes to help those this, that less fortunate. It was the outreach program, I think, that really made a name for the church. It was amazing. Everybody knew of the outreach yeah. programs. And that's how, uh, for me, Jesus said, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so that's the strategy for church growth. Mm-hmm. And Because when you are loving people, when you're, I mean, radical about it, mm-hmm. uh, that draws people in. Absolutely. And, and they look and say, that's what the church should be doing, and I want to be a part mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, That's great. You agree with me, Nina? I agree. Very much. You know, some debate on how churches need to adapt to continue reaching the young adults because they get stirred away. But Cedar Creek has a program. I'm telling, I am just testifying on Cedar Creek today. It's amazing. I'm going home and look at a video because you can get that too. But uh, people have a problem with the need to uh, reach the young adults. What's the most important things lead to, that some churches need to consider, in your opinion, when it comes to that? Well, one of the questions I ask when I visit a church and they'll ask me to speak is I'll ask the, uh, I'll say, parents, do you love your kids? And they all raise their hand. Grandparents, do you love your kids? Grandkids, they all raise their hand. I say, grandparents and parents, would you, would you die for your kids and grandchildren? And they all raise their hand. And then I say, mm-hmm. parents and grandparents, would you give up your preferred church music for your kids? Hmm. And when I ask that question, the hands go up slower. <laughs> it's as if they're, they're like, is this they're like what? <laughs> and so what has to happen is the, the generations, all of the generations have to be taught the core of the scripture, which is we're to reach all people, certainly including the next generation. And if we don't reach the next generation, the church will die. And so what we say at Cedar Creek, not only next generation, but unchurched, right. we're going to do whatever it takes Short of sin, we're not going to sin, but we'll do any. I mean, we're, we'll do whatever we can to reach people with the gospel. And some people would criticize us for it, some of the things that we did. And I would just say, well, you know, we really feel that's God's call in our ministry, and we're going. We, that's what I, I can do. imagine that you was that you would probably get some nayers, you know, shoving yeah. the show like, "Who do you think you are? How are you doing all of this?" And they've been established longer than you, and and all of this thing. So, out of the top of your mind, what would be something that you were probably criticized about in the past. Well, yeah, let me just first of all say, I think most of the time when people are criticizing, it's, it's out of lack of knowledge. Right. Ignorance. And I don't mean they're ignorant. I'm just, they just don't, don't really kn- know what we're doing. But some of the things we got criticized for, we would run advertising aimed at unchurched people. And so many churches, when you hear their advertising, it's sort of aimed at their own folks. Mm-hmm. We were, and so we went on a radio station that was like this uh, shock jock. Denny Schaefer. You yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Well, and so, you know, people were criticizing us. Why are you supporting this, you know, this radio station? And we said, well, we, those are the people we want to reach. Right. And the story of Denny, if, if you know it, the short story is he became a Christian. He ended up getting fired there because he, because of his Christian faith, 
and he's back in Toledo again making an impact. He's good a for him. Christian. But that was from us starting by going to visit him at his uh, you know his show and sort of uh, and so let me back up and say this so we often got criticized for seemingly associating with people that Christians shouldn't associate with which is utterly ridiculous to me because in Matthew chapter 15 uh, Jesus is he's hanging out with a certain group of people who the religious people of the day the Pharisees hmm. actually said He's hanging out with notorious sinners. That's one translation. He's even eating with them. And, um, and then Jesus, after they criticized him, he told three stories in response. One was the prodigal son, and of course, which is a great story. And uh, ultimately, though, um, you know, we have to connect with people who aren't in the church. And, That's important. And when we do that. We get criticized often as if we're compromising. But then that just means you're doing something right. Yes. That's I personally that love the billboard campaigns you do. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me pause for just one moment and go to the lines and say welcome to the Queen Sylvie Show. State your name and where you're calling from. This is superstar King Coutinho all the way from Holland, Ohio. How are you doing today, my queen? <laughs> King, you know I am super califragilistic. XB Aladosha, yes. 65 days a year. You know it. Days a year. Yes, I am. How are you today, Kane? I am wonderful, and I know that you are amazing. Thank you very much. I'm having a conversation with Pastor Lee Powell here. Um, would you have a question or a comment for him? Well, Pastor Lee, I just want to tell you that <clears throat> I am definitely so thankful for what you do. You're doing an amazing job with your ministry. I'm I want you to know that I am a Christian person as well, and I uh, thank you for all that you do with your ministry. Well, thank you. Thanks for that encouragement. I appreciate that so much. Kane Patinio is a former guest on the Queen Silly Show. He's born blind and autistic, wow. and he is a Christian rapper. And uh, he's been going around to a couple of concerts up in Michigan, I hear, but you also have videos of him doing some songs that he makes up himself. Oh, the messages that he does in his music is mind-blowing. Kane, tell everyone where they can find some of your videos. Well... Pastor Lee Powell, you can find my music. I, I, I do have a Facebook, but the best way to find my videos is under my mother, which is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, Petinio, P-E-T-I-N-I-O-T. And my name is Kane, K-A-Y-N-E, Petinio. And you can also find my Facebook as well. And um, I do have um, videos on YouTube under Kane, K-A-Y-N-E, The Christian Rapper. All right, Kane. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you calling in today on this terrific Tuesday. We we miss you for the time when we were off air, and it's glad to hear you right now today. So you spread the word for the Queen Silly Show, Kane, and I look forward to talking to you again. Sounds wonderful, Queen, and I want you all to have an amazing week. Thank you. You do thank the same. You, all right. So what I like to do is I like to share a song that uh, is from Cedar Creek. Because they do a variety of music, I'm telling you. You're going to tap your feet. You're going to feel good. You're going to be waiting for the message. You're going to be sitting comfortably. I'm, I'm telling you, I've never experienced it. Their warm-up music? And I say that because I'm in an interracial marriage. 
Okay. And it's not easy sometimes. It's hard to find a church home. And Tim introduced me to that. And it has been, we, we have church at home now because I haven't found one here. Uh, and it's important. Yeah. Just like it's important to reach those unchurched people who needs to know, who needs to gain faith, right? They lose faith. They lose hope. You need that. Sometimes you need someone to say this right thing in the ear, not that shoulder that's telling you the bad thing. No, no, flick that off. You need to flick that off. But Tim, which song do we have? How about Mr. Mister's right here, right now, and this is Kyle Gray on lead. All right, let's check it out on the Queen Sylvie Show. Was Kyle Tim? Yes, that was Kyle Gray. What was the name of the song? Uh, right. 
right here, right now. Right now. I was just testing you. I know that song. That was a jam, too. And that was some of the warm-up music that the band used to play, just get everybody relaxed, comfortable, and ready for the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope that I would just do the same to you. On this terrific Tuesday, the Queen Sylvie Show, Fishbowl Radio Network, we were talking to Pastor Lee Powell, and uh, we were learning some things about Cedar Creek. CedarCreek.tv. At any time of the day, go on there and get yourself some goodness, because I'm telling you, or get yourself some feel good, get yourself some uh, whatever you need positive is at Cedar Creek, and uh, I stand by that. But Lee... Founder of Cedar Creek Church, now on to a new venture. Right. Helping churches maximize their kingdom impact. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So you work with churches of all sizes? I do. Big and small? Big and small. What's the difference from a small church and and a large church? In terms, well, there are so many differences. When you work with them, that is, yeah. When I work with them? Yeah. When I work with them, there's no difference because when I say that is I'm looking for the same things. I'm asking the question... What is it around here that you guys celebrate? What is it that uh, people know is because what you celebrate is the people know that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. And so if they're celebrating things like baptisms and people coming to faith in Christ and changed lives and, and, and impactful community outreach, if they're celebrating those kind of things, that's that's positive. If they're not, that's you run into some that's like sure. Yeah, I mean, I occasionally I'll, but for the most part, I'm really encouraged after I meet with pastors because whether it's a small church, a medium church, or a large church, uh, they love God. They want to see people come to faith in Christ. And they want to see people grow up in Christ. Um, there's a few exceptions to that. And okay, so when you say big churches and small churches, yes. You help churches, yes. Is it just one denomination? Do you help more one than the other? All denominations. All denominations, which is important. When you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, there's a lot of Baptists. Okay. But, um, no, I I work with uh, Nazarene pastors, Assembly of God pastors, Baptist pastors. Is that challenging for you, though? No, it's actually super encouraging because what I find is some of my biases, perhaps, that I had before, um, maybe about a particular denomination, what I find is um, after you sit down and have a cup of coffee with a guy, you go, "Why well, I was wrong on that. That's interesting. I've had that that happen many a times, and uh, you have to get to know a person. Right. You have to have that conversation. Right. Don't look at me from the outside and judge right. me. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, some churches are struggling. Yeah. By the time they come to you, would you say that they're pretty much dangling by a string, maybe? Um, not necessarily. I think some of them would be, but uh, others would be in a place where they would just say they're stuck. And, and I think that's the most common. It is not that they, they're, you know, going in a, in a tailwind or in a, uh, they're not spinning out of control. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're just stuck. And they're wise enough to recognize, boy, if I stay in this spot, it's the church is just going to go into decline, slow decline. And there's some churches that do that. Mm-hmm. It's so slow they don't notice it. You know, then they look back ten years later and go, "Hey, we used to be a church of 400. Now we're a church of 200. What in the world happened?" So the pastors that recognize that when they begin to stall out, they're the ones I love to work with because that I have the greatest chance of helping turn those around. So, so how do you actually empower a church to empower? their members and the leaders at different levels. Yeah. Well, so what would happen is uh, typically I would meet with the pastor initially 
and then I would meet some key leaders in the church, and I would ask them a couple diagnostic questions. One is, what are you about? Ask what's the why behind this. If they're not all on the same page, mm-hmm. you've got a problem. If they're all on the same page, you can move forward, and then then you define the current reality. What's really? Let's be honest about what's going on here. And there could be some problems with staffing. There could, you know, could be uh, maybe they're having. Uh, it could be something like just their location is bad. You know, something as simple as that. But sort of define current reality, and then from there ask where do you want to go, and I want to try to help you get there. Have you ever had to walk into a church, <clears throat> excuse me, and you look and you notice some problems, and you tell them you got to fire that person, you got to let that person go because they're the mole, they're the ones that's. Yeah, I don't. I I have done some of that, but I know at one time I went into a church and uh, I talked about a particular area of ministry. And what happened is I, I wrote a report to the pastor. What I didn't know is he was going to share it with the entire leadership team. One of the people I wrote about was in that was on the leadership team, <laughs> and that person immediately Ouch. that person resigned. Really? Yeah, and then I talked to the pastor. I said, "Why'd you give that?" Uh, Why'd you give him that letter? He goes, I wanted everybody to see it, and I'm glad this person resigned. So he was, he was, uh, wow. he kind of put you up to it, by John. He made Lee the bad guy. <laughs> but I was willing to do that. That's funny. Well, sometimes leadership takes tough choices. It's really not so much about coming in and, you know, saying you have the wrong staff members. That's usually not the problem, the key problem. The key problem is often a, it's a weak or weakening a mission that they're just not behind like they once were. Whew. All right. Let me give you, uh, well, first, let me just say that Lee Powell is still here. You're more than welcome to call in and ask him a question. Send a question on Facebook under Silly Starts because we are currently going live on Facebook. Uh, the number to do it on if you would wish to call in is 214-431-5032. Um, Lee, let me give you a true or false. Okay. The demographics of your community makes an impact on your leadership. True or false? On your leadership? Mm-hmm. I would say true. Why? Well, because when you say makes an impact, I, I had a fellow ask me a question, or I asked him a question. I said, this is a pastor who was leading a multicultural church, like his community. It really matched the community. You Oftentimes, you'll see a all-Caucasian church, and yet 30% of the people in the community are African-American or Latino. Hmm. So in this pastor's case, I, I looked around. And I said, "Man, this is a real multicultural church." I said, "I know a lot of pastors who want to have a multicultural church, but it just doesn't work for them." Why? And he said, "Well, they want the color, but they don't want the culture." Hmm. And that was pretty powerful. Wow. They want the color, but not the culture. And so, where this pastor was willing to merge two cultures. Okay. So what is that saying? That they what? What do they want? Well. They want your money and not your not faith. So or your money. They want to be able to say, we're multicultural. See? They, they want to be able to have that title. Because it feels right. Um, I mean, heaven is multicultural, right? Right. So it feels right. And so it's not It's not that they're doing anything sinister or anything intentional. But, but what they're saying is, what he's saying is... Is that like want. a sales technique? Like a, I mean... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I go on. I don't know. Well, so my point is, is that a pastor may say, "Yeah, I would love to have people of color," but is he willing to change his music? And so we had to ask that about some of the campuses, you know, with five campuses, and one, the Toledo campus, was the most urban. And so, um, because Cedar Creek, with um, these multi sites, 
you save a lot of resources by being centralized, you know, one message. And so there may be a day when they may have to look and say, hey, you know what, it may be – by the way, I haven't discussed this with the people at Cedar Creek. You asked me, so I'm answering. Right. So if I had it to do over again, I might perhaps say, if I'm going to be in this area where it's more urban, then I'm probably going to do some different music there. To make them feel welcomed, yes. understood. Yes, that's exactly Well, then right. let me ask your opinion on um, Kanye West. Yeah. Give me your opinion on what he's doing and and uh, what did he go? Is it a church in Houston somewhere? Uh, it, no, he works with Joel down in Houston. He did visit Joel. Well, okay, so so yeah. so what do you think about? Uh, I I don't really know. Yeah, so I think what Kanye West has said, from what I've heard him say, I've never even heard I'm what he's very said. encouraged by what he's the things he said. I'm encouraged by the things he's done. Now, does that mean in three months he could come out of this and? You know, look back on it and say, oh, you know, that was all a phase. Yeah. Well, Kanye is Kanye. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, so what I do, you know, when I hear stories of personalities who come to faith in Christ, I, I say, well, I'm just going to celebrate that and then, you know, see what happens. So for the church that said that and they have... 30% African Americans and this percentage and this percentage. Are you saying that they should kind of like, uh, consider making their music more, um, Broad. not traditional, but yeah. not like, oh, but more of a, a, a different beat or something to relate to them? Yes. Yeah. And it, it's a very treacherous thing, actually, because on the one hand, you could draw new people in and run current people off. Like the older seniors who's like, um, yeah. no, this is not. Yeah, not so much older seniors, but I would even say let's take a, if you have a, a Caucasian church and they have a certain music style. But if you're going to reach a, a, an urban populace, you effectively, uh, you know, maximum, then you might have to introduce a this blended music. And that's what they've done. At sort of Beth, uh, There's other churches, too. Bethesda. Is that a recommendation when you walk into a church and you're seeing what's going on and they're wondering, well, why I can't get members and can't get disciples? Well, and if they ask me, yes. But you, I don't I don't typically that isn't my uh, leading sort of. Thought. Right. Right. My leading thought going in is what's your mission? What are you about? Are, are you accomplishing it? You know, and what are you celebrating? Because that's what you really care about is what you're celebrating. Interesting. I'll throw another two and false for you. Churches often settle for numerical growth rather than life transformation. It's kind of like what you were kind of... Yes. What, and what I would say to that is, I'm not sure if often is the right word. Um, pastors feel a tremendous pressure to see the attendance build. And the reason they feel that pressure, it's it's a biblical pressure because Jesus, in his last words to the disciples, said, go and make disciples of all the world. Teaching them, you know, that I, all I've, I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to all these things I've taught you. So, so there's tremendous pressure, and then there's peer pressure. They feel like, you know, this mm. church is growing. Why isn't my church growing? Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that, but I would say church growth is somewhat of a mystery. It's not. There's not a formula. It's not like you can franchise it. Um, but there are certain principles, certain things that that do. Um, seem to be present in a lot of churches that are growing. And so those are the things that, that I share with guys. But along the way, as I'm sharing this with these pastors, I say, look, don't judge yourself by whether or not you're putting people in the seats. Mm-hmm. Um, judge yourself by what, if you feel before God, you're trying, you're being faithful. 
and uh, I would the other thing I would say is and get getting better because mm-hmm. some pastors I have noticed as I'm doing consulting mm-hmm. they don't have a track a plan to get better and we all need to be getting better you know in my case when I hired or when I put guys like Ben up on this, the platform to preach and other younger guys um, there are some pastors probably would have been threatened by that. Because Ben and another fellow used to get up and speak. They would speak without notes. I still used some notes. Mm-hmm. And um, what they did was challenge me to quit using notes. So <laughs> I got better. Wow, I'm going to take me a I, note or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm liable to forget. Like, what's your name again? Right. Uh, but, yeah, they are good. I, I'm going to yeah. tell you. And they were, they're were they in the right right place. You know, doing what yeah. they're supposed to do. But, okay, you um, provide insights and recommendations to improve the overall health of a church. Now, health is a big word. Right. Health is a big word for us in, as individuals as well as a community. Yes. So when it comes to that, can you help me understand? Sure. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but help me understand the church health from both the biblical yeah. and the practical. Okay, so when the body, the human body, is the parts are all working together. The human body functions well. But when you got one part that's out of kilter, the human body does not function as well. And when you have multiple parts in the human body out of kilter, it doesn't function well at all. Right. Same goes for a church. There are a lot of different pieces and um, people with different different gifts. And if they're using their gifts according to God's call in their life in unity, united behind a common vision, and that's critically important. Um, that creates a healthy church. If there's schisms, if people are working in their silos, and that's one of the things I try to do is help churches get out of silos because it's just a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Children's ministry get in this silo, youth, and, and then and they don't really merge together. Not that they have to be uh, doing their work together, but they all have to be on this. Are we really following the same vision? Right, are, right. Are we knit together? Or are we doing our own thing? And oftentimes, churches find themselves just they're. Each each ministry is doing their own thing. You have your work cut out for you. That's a big job to do. I think it's a little bit even bigger than just running your own church because you're coming into other issues that other churches having and they're needing you. They're needing your help. That hats off. Well, uh, hats you. off because it is that is a big challenge. But yeah. you're doing a great job. You're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, you're you know, saving souls. Yeah. I I I. I Yes, I agree with that, but I think the job the pastor has is has much more pressure. But you have to motivate him. Yeah, and the reason I say the pastor has more pressure is in Hebrews chapter 13, the author instructs the church to sort of be kind to their pastor. Like, make it easy for the pastor. And in fact, the writer, he says, uh, he asks the question, he says, why would you want to make life difficult for your pastor? After all, he's the caretaker of your soul. So think about that. Pastoring may not be the most difficult job on the planet, but it's the only job that I know where their primary responsibility is to care for people's souls. That's a huge accountability. Yes, it is. So I'm working with men and women. I'm trying to encourage men and women who are carrying the burden of caring for people's souls. So when I stepped out of ministry for the last time, when I or when I saw Ben making a presentation, and I felt like an, there was an Elijah Elijah moment, which is for those that don't know what I'm talking about. There, it's in the Old Testament where a, a prophet who was serving basically gave the mantle to a younger prophet and gave him away his ministry. I felt like there was like a supernatural moment when Ben was running this meeting and I was on my way out, you know, just trying to help him. And I felt like the burden lifted off my shoulders. I mean, I, 
it's like I felt real weight and relief that and relief and yeah. But Ben now carries that as as other pastors do, and so I think pastors carry this tremendous weight. And so in coaching them, I try to uh, come alongside of them too, and and remind them, and encourage them, and help them carry that weight. Have you been back? When is the last time you went back? Uh, to? I was back last summer preaching and oh. visiting. Yeah, I do visit. We still have some family in Toledo. We have, most of our family's here. Oh, well, we're Florida the opposite. There. That's why we moved here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know things happen for a reason. Yes. Because I, I I could have walked in Cedar Creek uh, on a Saturday on a Sunday and no one would have told me that years later you and I would be sitting here right, right. Um, doing this. So yeah, things happen for a reason. But now, what about church security? Do you cover that church security? Mm-hmm. Do you do that was they a ever? Somebody wrote in. Yeah, I do, I do not uh, consult in regard to church security. That is not especially my. We had security ourselves, and we had different protocols. And um, we even had. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but we would have them. We would let them use the whole church, and our security team would come in and do a mock sort of a what if we let them type use the of whole thing. Building, yeah. Well, and that's they, good. They would actually, use laser guns and things like that. And, that's good. Yeah. Because I know a lot of churches is concerned about it. Sure. I mean, you know, people walk in and you think they're coming in to, to oh, hear yeah. the word. And, and mine is right off the highway, very visible, mm-hmm. and somebody could easily just jump off the highway there. And yeah, I've been in security in. for years, and I remember talking to your staff at one time. Sylvie was with me at the time, and I talked to one of your staff members about security, and I said, you know... You really need some more cameras, and you need some more physical security outside because yeah. things are just getting so sketchy. Mm-hmm. And I was just a couple of years ahead of myself when yeah. I was trying to suggest this. Yeah, yeah, and I and at Cedar Creek we also hire uh, local police departments to come out, and we want the bad people, bad guys, to see people right. in uniform. With oh guns. yeah, and that presence make as you well second think about it. Under, undercover. Yeah. Oh yeah, make so. you think about it. Right. Yeah. Yes. That is so great. But you know what? The, what? The, what today's times things has changed because well, I used to have a rotary phone. Now they have these different phones, right? Right. And everything is about marketing, worldwide web. Do you give advice to churches about marketing? You I, know, I do, and that's a specialty of mine. And the reason I say that's a specialty is. Um, um, I had years of experience working with a Fortune 500 retail company. I worked in Chicago at the headquarters of Sears, who's not doing very well now. So I had a lot of this marketing and advertising background. background. But um, the, the web isn't necessarily, or social media isn't necessarily my expertise. What my expertise is, is putting together a plan, a strategic plan of how you're going to reach people you're currently not reaching. That may include usually does include social media. It may include more traditional forms of, of outreach. I call it outreach because... That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of Christians are against advertising, so I just call it outreach. Nobody can be against outreach. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, I do help churches because, as you guys remember at Cedar Creek, we were out there all the time on the airwaves, radio. We even were on TV, billboards, mm-hmm. direct mm-hmm. mail. And you have to. Wherever and, and someone cards can... we gave to people to yeah. get away. We were, we were just really uh, committed to that. So I help churches put together a comprehensive plan as to how to reach people unchurched people in particular and that is so important some don't some is still stuck in this old way or some don't want to venture out and some may be afraid to even try and get out i think for most it's just they don't they don't know how to put it together they want to do it well that's That's another question there's a couple of questions you need hit on one queen that got called in about uh security but there's another one that asks how much time does it usually take when working with a church 
how much time? Well, that would depend on. So, what I some churches I just work with the pastor a one-on-one when I'm working with him uh, locally here I'd meet with him for a two-hour period which I love that because I can sit down across the table and see him versus being on the phone mm-hmm. I'll visit their church give them feedback on their church and then I coach them for about six months mm. for three three uh, times a month for two hours and then is that have, the minimum six months that you well, you you feel months, or? I, I think six months is a great period of time because at the end of six months a guy can say hey yeah, I feel I feel good about you know where I'm at now, and I don't want to string him out for a year. Is what I'm saying. Well, it, yeah, and it takes time. You don't think you're going to get a turnaround and, and overnight. Without getting too detailed, can I ask you? Do you talk about mission statements, vision oh, yes. statements, oh, yes. uh, change agents? Yes, those are very much part of the okay. conversation. Interesting. Yeah, and then that another is. thing that I do is meet with. Uh, I do strategic planning with the, the, of course, the senior pastor, but key leaders in the church. And that uh, also, it begins with uh, some diagnostic things that we do to find out where they're at. Uh, we gather them together, these key leaders, and then we all agree on where we're going for the next six months in particular. And mm-hmm. Sometimes people try to put together these two, three-year plans, and I say, that's too far down the road. Right, goal. little goals. Yeah, little goals because people will get involved immediately. Little yeah, and once you get that little pressure. goal, you, your enthusiasm is going, and then you just keep continuing. Right. That's how I do right. uh, with little goals. You have to. Oh. To keep yourself yeah. enthused, it's important that you keep yourself enthused yeah. also. So so, so a client is six months then, basically. Yes. Do you have the more than one client? Yes. Okay. So tell me, how can they contact you? How can well, somebody contact you for services? Yeah, phone number is the easiest way for me right now, which is 817-807-3438. Say it one more time for me. 817-807-3438. Okay. So is there anything that you want to add? Any any upcoming events or anything that you want to share? No, you know, I would just say that uh, when I talked about that the strategic planning process, um, I would love the opportunity just to, you know, I, I mean, we, I, I would meet somebody for lunch. There's no, I don't charge to meet somebody for lunch or anything like that is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Is, but I could lay these out over a cup of coffee and uh, no charge or anything like that. It's very important to keep within the church the team. And you work with the entire team. You go to the head first, the pastor, the preacher. And, and there's a lot of churches here. I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't realize that till we moved down here. Right. There is a ton of churches, yeah. but that doesn't mean all those, those, those churches is on the right path. Right. And some don't know, like you said, that they're on that right path, right? So even if someone is not sure, you can come in and say, look at their plan and say, yep, you're doing the right thing. That's yeah. the consultant in you. Yeah, and the first thing, when I visit their church, I get a lot out of that. I give them a lot of feedback on that. And, and by the way, I do this mostly locally, but I, I also travel. A few years ago when I first started this, I was traveling a lot. But I have Parkinson's disease, and so that slows. That's why I left the church, actually. I was going to let you yeah, and go so into that. that. Just, I was uh, not going to. Yeah, so with the Parkinson's, um, I don't want to travel as much as I used to. As much. So, so are you saying because you, you found that you had Parkinson is why you get, you stepped down and oh, yeah. from, from founding? It was because what they told me was that uh, I had about 10 to 15 years of quality life left. And so when you hear that, that's rather sobering. Well, my kids were already living in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So my wife and I said, Hey, let's these next that's 10 to 15 cool. years, let's be with our kids and grandkids. That's cool. And we moved here and I was always a Dallas Cowboy fan anyways all my life. So it was I'm not like, going to say uh, nothing about yeah. the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, right now. The Jewish world is just next door. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they I know are. I can feel the aura. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's amazing on game day. You, 
This but, is this is crazy down here over game day. Yeah. So so Parkinson's disease. Someone may not know what that is. Well, Tell so, what what that is. Yeah. The short version of Parkinson's it begins in the mind. It's a problem with the mind not producing. Um, different uh, dopamine in particular and dopamine actually controls um, muscle movement mobility uh, yeah mobility Mm -hmm. even uh, motor skills Mm -hmm. and and it affects your mind and so um, yeah it's a it's a sinister disease however the good news is that there's uh with a lot of exercise and things like that, you can seemingly slow it down. And stabilize that's, that's everything. Do, yeah. There's a lot of people that uh, I didn't even know, actually, that has uh, Parkinson's disease, disease. Like, I didn't know Billy Graham had Parkinson's disease, and the only yeah. way it got out was his son revealed it on his, like, 97th birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So you can beat you know, what these doctors say. There is still faith mm-hmm. in all of it. But uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. he had Parkinson's disease didn't find out till three years after he retired. Right. Michael J. Fox, we all know. Right. Linda Ronstadt, did you know the yeah, Linda Ronstadt? Yes, yes. I bet you did your homework because you already know who I'm going to say. Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. Uh, Alan Alda. Yes. yes. Neil Diamond. Yep. See, you're good. Charles Schultz. You know who Charles Schultz yep. is, Peanuts Gang. What about Ben uh, Petrick? Don't know that name. Baseball player, famous baseball player. See, I got one on you. I don't want on my whole list. It seems if you are able to catch it early enough, you can stabilize it to a degree to where it's not going to be so aggressive. Yeah, what, what I would say is you can medicate it and so that you cover the symptoms. Um, so, How is that working? Well, yeah, so if I, if I weren't under medication today as I am, my, both of my hands would be shaking, and I, I might even have a twitch or something like that. But the medicine limits that. Controls yeah, the but, muscles, relaxes, yes. like However, a muscle relaxant. What, not a muscle relaxant. It's actually the medicine produces dopamine. Good. Uh, and some other medicines, uh, they're called antagonists, where they actually sort of uh, one produces dopamine and the other one stimulates what dopamine you have mm. in, in your system. Well, that's but good. Dopamine, the, it's also the feel-good chemical. And so people with, like Robin Williams, you know, uh, is it Robin Williams? Robin. He had depression, didn't he? And, and that was, so that was caught. 40% of people with Parkinson's have depression. 10% have anxiety. What you guys didn't know is when I was at Cedar Creek, um, I walked out one Sunday morning and I couldn't speak. Really? I, I was frozen. I couldn't, I turned around, I wanted to walk off the stage, I couldn't. And I was having an anxiety attack, didn't know what this thing was. I did finally get through the message. It happened for a year. I was ha- I was actually being medicated on the weekends with Xanax by my family doctor to to be able to talk. Well, then I found out I had Parkinson's, and that that was the cause of it. And then, well, so- it feels better to at least know. Yes, you know what I mean. To not know. And to not know and not know, then you become what I call a guinea pig. They go, oh, try this and try this and try. No. Whew, but so really... I'm still able to work as you, and, and have great conversations. Absolutely. So I'm at a very good place. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and happy to be here. Absolutely. We're happy to have you here, too. Before we uh, take a little pause for the cause, I would actually like to do birthday smooth. There's a few birthday. Yeah, well, there's a few people whose birthday is officially here today. And I always say that if you woke up today, well, it's your birthday. Be happy and make the most of that day. But, uh, Lee, do you know who Ric Flair, the wrestler is? He's, he's a wrestler. Ric Flair? That's what, (laughs) Tim, how old do you think Ric Flair is today? He's probably almost 70 now. He is exactly 70. You're good. You're good. What about the comedian Carrot Top? Do you know the comedian Carrot Top, Lee? 
Yes. Today's his birthday. How old do you think he is? He's probably up there. I, I'm going to guess he's 65. He is going to send you an email. He is 54. <laughs> <laughs> no harm, no foul. Right. Right. There's sorry. an actress whose name is T. Lonnie. She played in Bad Boys. Uh, she played in uh, the movie Deep Impact. You might not know her. Not ringing a bell. Okay. Well, she's the one that was killed. Yes. Yes, in in the bad boys. In bad um, boys, yeah, she's, she's fifty three today, and I would have said Ben Snyder, but I'm gonna have to save that one for next week with me. But for everyone whose birthday it is today, hit it. <laughs> Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Go out and enjoy your day. That's what you do. Smooth, do you have a tune you want to break in? Or we have commercials. We got commercials that are popped up. All right. Well, we'll leave one more time. Tell everybody how you can be followed on social media. Are you on social media? I, well, I'm on Twitter. and uh, Under what name? I, oh, my gosh. I'm forgetting here. I forget my own Twitter call. No, Lee Paul CC. I, think. Paul I knew CC. Tim knows. Yeah. Lee Paul CC. Lee Paul CC. And then my phone number, 817-807-3438. Doc, thank you so much for being thank here on the you. show. You're more than welcome to come back anytime thank you. at all. Let's get these messages for you, and we're going to come back with Nina Tan, who has some more messages to instill for you today on the Queen Silver Show. Yeah. 
struggling with losing weight? Has dieting and exercising produced little or no results? Are you looking for a different approach with a history of tremendous success that has helped thousands of people not only lose the weight they deserve, but get healthy and feel great? Tammy Stewart, certified health coach and president of Health for a Purpose, will explain why you may be struggling to lose those unwanted pounds. She'll also explain why your blood tests can show normal metabolic and thyroid numbers, yet you still have many of the symptoms of an underactive thyroid, such as weight gain, chronic fatigue, digestive issues, thinning hair, depression, trouble concentrating, and many, many more. You deserve a new approach to health that'll focus on getting your body healthy. Get real answers at our next free seminar. Contact Tammy Stewart at www.getyourhealthbacknow.com for additional information and upcoming seminars. Susan with Joya here to share how CBD can benefit you. Join me for a conversation on the how-to and why of CBD. Did you know 80 to 90% of women are curious about CBD but have never used it? Are you suffering from fatigue, pain, lack of sleep, stress or anxiety, just to name a few? Go to my website for more information, joya.life forward slash joyful Susan. That's J-O-I-Y-A dot life forward slash J-O-I-F-U-L-S-U-S-A-N. Or find me on Facebook, The Ultimate Transformation to Your Health and Wellness with Joyful Susan. Not on camera yet. Is the camera good on her? Yes, it is on this terrific Tuesday. The Queen Sylvie Show. I am having a great time. I enjoyed my conversation with Pastor, mm-hmm. former 
uh, pastor of Cedar Creek Church now. Coach, Founding pastor. Yes, now coaching and consulting big and small churches, making a difference worldwide. Lee Powell is his name. Look him up. Uh, smooth. What is the uh, Twitter again for him? Lee Powell yes. CC. Lee Powell CC. Find him there. Uh, he gave his phone number, but I didn't have it written down in front of me, but he'll be back and we'll do that before we end the show. Actually, but, his phone number is 817-807-3438. And there you got it. <laughs> no, that's terrific Tuesday. Spread the word attention. around that we are currently going live on Facebook under Sylvie Starks. If you'd like to see my fantastic guest, you're more than welcome to do that. Spread the word. Listen to us live at www.fbrn.us. Uh, I'm having a great time. Smooth, are you? I'm having a wonderful time. That I'm was, learning I, I was very things. enjoyable. Very much so. Talking uh, Pastor Lee. Very I, much so. And we're going to keep these going because my next guest has some very important, positive information that the world definitely needs. There's some crazy people out here in the world. I don't mean it, but, but there is some that needs to get off of some things and get on to some things. An estimated 208 million people internationally consume illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. You probably know somebody who's been affected uh, directly or indirectly. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Providing truth, real life stories, and facts about drugs and the danger it causes in studio with an impactful information for you. I introduce to you Nina. There's that audience, Nina. Nina, you got the audience well, thank you so much, Queen Sylvie, for allowing me you to You are be absolutely here. welcome. I'm glad to have you here. I'm looking for more interactions with you. Absolutely. Because I think that your voice and what you are doing, just just like Pastor Lee, is what the world needs. Yes, absolutely. We are going to help a lot of people and save lives. But just allowing me to be here, Queen Sylvie and Tim, thank you as well. Oh, we, we are very, very, very welcome. Very welcome. I know that you are serious, and I know that you are passionate about uh, the war on drugs. I am, because we. Um, I'm a caring person. I was actually a registered nurse, and there's a lot of volunteers worldwide right now who really care about this huge problem that we're going through on planet Earth. You've seen some things. Being a nurse, you've seen some come through the doors sick. Oh, yes, I did. I did. I was a registered nurse for over 18 years, and my assignment was actually in an intensive care unit throughout my career until I retired in 1996. And when a person comes in in an intensive care unit, that means that they are fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. They are either in they are either in an accident that was caused by drugs or alcohol, or they had a heart attack or had a chronic um, illness. That overdosing. Yes. Yeah. So when I see people coming in, of course, I, I was caring. I was a caring nurse to all of my patients. But what really bothers me, Queen Silby, is when an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old comes in unconscious because they had too much alcohol or they were hit by somebody who was in alcohol. And then you see this young guy sitting in front of me, I mean, laying down on the bed, unconscious, fighting for his life on respirator. And I would say to myself, this kid should be having a good time of his life. Have so much ahead of them in life. Right. So I decided to myself that if I can only do something and prevent this from happening, I would do it. And thank God I found Foundation of Drug Free Walls. So how did you actually get into that? 
Well, um, you went directly from nursing and, and took that passion right into there? Right, because it is related to uh, when you're a nurse, you care so much about people. You want people to survive better and become healthier and things like that. And when I found out about Drug Free World from friends, I immediately jumped into being a volunteer. And I've been a volunteer for this foundation for over 10 years. No way. I enjoy it. Dedicated for 10 years. Yes, yes. Because I'm happy when I'm so great. Yes. Do you know that you have saved lives within your 20, 10 years? Do you know this? You I have. probably did because I, I've done radio interviews before as well. So if, today, if I can just save one life, I'll be very happy. But of course, you have millions of listeners, Queen Sylvia. You're saving lives right now. You save lives no matter where you go. I've seen you in malls. Table set up, passing, uh, uh, info around. I mean, you spread the word. I have a box down by my foot <laughs> with, with information. Um, Smooth, you want to show this one to the camera if you can. Um, and, and, and we're going to tell you a little bit later how you can, can get some of these information. So the, the blue one is what we're doing today. But we have little pamphlets that I'm sure Nina will tell you later, um, how you too can get this pamphlet, can get kits because they have kits available, right? Yes. We have many resources that you can order free from the drug free world. And you need that. You really, really need that. You are happy. What's so special about drug free world that you are been aboard for 10 years? I know there's a lot of other organizations that, you know, spread the word, try to be there, supportive for, for those that is on drugs and educate them. But what is it about drug free world? Well, let me give you some statistics that I think not just me and you is going to be concerned because it is a worldwide problem. Okay. 48% of people have consumed cannabis. Now, this is probably more because of all of the legalization. And cannabis, for those who is wondering, uh, let's give some street names, weed, chronic, bud, Marijuana. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is higher now. $600 billion in profits are derived from illicit drug trafficking, more than three times the international movie industry. There's a lot of money in, that is. in here. When this money can be directed to educating our kids because they are our future and even the adults. Right, right. Now, there's also 246 million people worldwide consume illegal drugs, more than the combined populations of California, New York, Canada, the United Kingdom, Italy, and industry. Combined. Yes. So when we go out there in our community, we are surrounded. You never know who is on drugs or alcohol. And I'm going to tell you as we go why you and I has to be concerned, and all of you listeners has to be concerned. So, so how did drugs even become a part of our culture? How did all of this get so out of hand? And I'm talking before the government decided to make certain states legal for recreational uh, cannabis. Yeah. Well, drugs have been part of our culture since the middle of the last century. Popularized in the 1960s by music and mass media, they invade all aspects of society. An estimated, like what you said, 208 million people internationally consume illegal drugs now. Of course, there's more now. Oh, yes. 
And in the United States alone, results from the 2007 National Survey on Drug Use and Health showed that 19.9 million Americans, or 8% of the population aged 12 or older, used illegal drugs in the month prior to the survey. 2007 survey, today is 20. Ah, oh, wow. So there's more into this. Yeah. yeah. Revise that one and you're going to get a bigger number. Yeah, absolutely. A bigger number. And it's interesting that you... um you mentioned the industry because many in the music and entertainment business industry, they long proclaimed the benefits of drugs. You know what I'm saying? They yes. say that it gave them inspir- the inspiration that they needed to create art. What do you have to say about that, Bahambug? Well, the thing is, uh, there's a lot of news out there about using drugs. And uh, some of them are true. Some of them are not. So the foundation actually gathered all of this information from previous drug users and also from reformed drug dealers. And reformed drug dealers have confessed that they will do anything. They will lie to you to make you buy their drugs. That's terrible. And you have to really feel low about yourself to fall into prey of someone telling you all of these things. I mean... uh what would be a reason someone go on uh, uh, try drugs? Well, there's many reasons um, or few reasons why people go on drugs. Okay. Some people would like to fit in. I mean, if there is a teen- teenager and comes into a group of teenagers who wants to be friends with them and they are drinking alcohol or using drugs, they for want them it. to fit in, they will use the same uh, drugs that they're so using. So we need more. to equip them, equip their minds to be better making decision makers. Yes. And knowing. If you're not educated, it's, it's easy to fall prey and think. Right. And that's the reason why we are here right now. Absolutely. The to Absolutely. Them. The things that most concern me is you don't know what the person stepped on that product with. No matter what you're buying, whether it be cocaine, marijuana, whatever right. it may be. Right. You don't right. know what they've done to it. Right. Because it's out of the control of the government, not that the government's all that fantastic all the time, but it's a little safer. It is. And and, and listen, Nina Tan is the executive director with Drug Free World here at North Texas, but she can help you worldwide. If you have a question, if you have a comment or even a testimony on what you are going through or someone you know or love is going through share that testimony sometimes that can be strength for somebody else if somebody else knows that oh that person that can be education as well as strength to either pass that knowledge to someone or stop yourselves Mm -hmm. but i would love to hear from you you're more than welcome to call us the lines are open 214-431-5032 we are currently going live on facebook so that you can see as well as hear nina tan spread the word we are I'm going live on www.fbrn.us on the Queen Silver Show here on Fishbowl Radio Network. We're live from Globe Life Park. Is it beautiful here? It's beautiful. I'm going to go out one day and just join these guys playing football because they always come out on a Tuesday when I'm here playing football trying to tease me. But wow. I'm going to go down there and try it one of these days and pass out some pamphlets. Wait, no, wait. Yeah. And I'm going to pass out some pamphlets. Well, yes, I do. That will be a right? good one. Now, we got a caller, Queen. Oh, okay. You ask, ye shall receive. Well, bring it on. Hey, welcome to the Queen Silver Show. State your name and where you're calling from. 
Selby. I'm sorry, say it's it again. What's up, Queen Selby? LP, uh... Oh! Calling from the great state Texas. Well, hello, LP from the great state of Texas. What can I do for you? Yeah, yeah, I had a question for the, uh, your guest uh, today. Nina Tan. Hello, sir. Yes, for Nina Tan. How you doing, Nina? I'm doing well, and you? Oh, man, I'm doing perfectly fine. That's good. So I have one question for you. Um, so how do you feel about uh, marijuana being legal across the whole United States of America? Hmm. Well, let me um, give you the definition of drugs because marijuana is a drug. Drugs are essentially poisons. The amount taken determines the effect. A small amount acts as a stimulant. It speeds you up. A greater amount acts as a sedative. It slows you down. And an even larger amount can poison you and can actually kill you. Now, this is true of any kinds of drugs, and we know that marijuana is, uh, is a drug. And by the way, um, we will be discussing marijuana in one of our good, good. show, right? Yes. I actually would like to bring someone who is really like um, master in marijuana. Okay. When we do that. That would be great. Uh, that sounds like me. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I got one more question. So you said marijuana is a drug. So do you feel like we should stop taking prescription pills? Oh, did you hear what he said? Um, I, it's a lot of, I it's a lot of heroin in those pills. You want to say that again, please? Okay. I said, since marijuana is classified as a drug, as you say, do you think that we should stop taking medication pills that has heroin in it? That has heroin? What medication pills is prescribed from the doctor? Yes, like a lot of a lot of medication pills have heroin and uh, cocaine in them. I don't like think. Uh, are, you, are you talking like a codeine, Tylenol three, four, things like that? Yeah, yeah, like 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 uh, narcotic pills, shall I say, to help okay. the pain. All right, I have not heard about pills like that being prescribed by, by so, doctors. So, so. I'm also married to a medical doctor, but this is my answer to you. Okay, medicines are drugs that are intended to speed up or slow down or change something about the way your body is working to try to make it work better. Sometimes they are necessary, like, you know, if you had a bad surgery or you're going for a surgery, you don't want to be awake being cut off by the surgeon, mm -hmm. right? So obviously you would allow yourself to have some form of anesthesia. But when the anesthesia wears off and... um one month after you, you don't want to go back and see that, the anesthesia you know, let me get another yeah uh, then that's <laughs> obviously the wrong way to use it right okay so like i've said medicines sometimes they are necessary but they are still drugs they act as stimulants or sedatives and too much can kill you so if you don't use medicines as they're supposed to be used they can be dangerous as illegal drugs Hmm. Ah, oh, okay. I hope that helps well, you thank out. Thank you, man. You think you answered my questions and I got a clear idea of, the, of, the, of what you're saying. So I thank you, Queen Sylvie. Yes. Hail to the Queen. Thank you very smooth much, sir. Stay smooth as tea. Thank you, LB. <laughs>
really doing out there that that noise got me. All right, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. That's why I flipped the camera. Uh, no problem. No problem. Quick, I was like, what are they doing out there? And they're taking up some statue. Okay. Out there with a jackhammer. So, so Nina, we 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 now know that the government has their hand in on it to make money. Mm-hmm. Why would they legalize in certain states? I mean, what's your say on the government? Because um, I'm like, what is the government doing? Um, they're, they're, they seem like they're doing the opposite of what you're saying. Well, what we need to do is to educate our own government. Our Believe own me, leaders. that's true. Yeah. And a lot of um, government agency actually are working with us with the drug-free world. Good. Like law enforcement agencies, police, military, ministers, Good. Christian ministers. People from all walks of life are actually working with drug-free world. What do you need more? Somebody's yes. somebody's signing something for it to be legal, and and uh, in, in the states that they are, and the government is the ones making the money. So what are they doing? They're they're making they're making zombies, and they're making money off of them zombies. You know because people is is they think that's the answer. There's people that think that's the answer. Well, let me tell you again. You know there are reasons why people take drugs to fit in, to escape or relax. To relieve boredom, to seem grown up, to rebel, to experiment, and some people are also in pain, and they get addicted to the pain when there's other ways to relieve pains. Okay, what other ways is there to relieve pain? Uh, That will be from a medical alternative point of view. So uh, I'm not a doctor, and I can't give advice, but there are doctors there who will find out what is the source of pain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, do you think that CBD oils, you, that's another rise here where people go to CBD, CBD oil, the non, what is it called? The non-medic? The it's, it's the uh, derivative out of the uh, hemp plant that uh, shouldn't have the uh, CBCs in it. The CBDs is probably that not good or bad? Too high. Well, what I know about those uh, CBD oils are not regulated, so really no Hard one is, say. R- is looking at it, what is in it. So I'm not go- going to say whether they are 100% free of marijuana or not. So, like I've said, I'm going to bring that person when we discuss marijuana. Because Ooh, we got some good topics this. to, to yes. cover up because, you know, when we say drugs, we mean drugs. Like, there's... There's a variety now, of drugs. Now, Sylvie, they had a thing on TV just last night saying that the CBC, the CBDs that are being sold do have a trace amount of the CBCs in it, which is the actual uh, 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 chemical in the marijuana that gets you a uh, feeling of high and hallucinate that kind of, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Yeah, so... So, yeah, there are trace amounts, and she's absolutely correct as far as, yeah, regulating. The only thing I think it is is there can only be, like, 0.1% or less. So another controversy here. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know. So we can talk about it when we talk more. And you have 14 books that actually talk about all the different drugs and things. That is so interesting. Yes, we have this uh, little box. Actually. Show it to the camera. Uh, Which camera? Is the camera. This that, one. No, the other no. one. You have that one. Perfect. 
I'm in front of the camera. So this is a box that you can order for free from drugfreewall.org. It contains 14 booklets, and one of them is, of course, the one I'm reading from, and uh, that's the one we're discussing, the one that Tim showed earlier, the truth about drugs. Mm -hmm. And then let me show you what's in this. Oh, wow. And I don't know which topic you want to discuss. You're controlling that. Whichever one you want. Okay, marijuana. They're all good. Ecstasy. Cocaine. Why don't we do marijuana when you come back and then you can bring uh, your guests? Yes, I I will. And let me check his schedule too. Okay. Okay. So crack cocaine, crystal meth, inhalants, heroin. Wow. LSD, the prescription drugs, and also painkillers. Also, Ritalin abuse. What was that last one? Ritalin. What R- Ritalin is that? What Ritalin. they give the kids? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because it has the speed effect on adults and it has the calming effect. No, you know those are biologically change it at a certain age. Your body chemistry changes. In those the are very interesting. They are, and these are factual information that were researched and gathered by the Foundation of Drug Free Walls. So we really care about the problems that is going oh, on yeah. right now on planet Earth. Now, I'd like to also clear some words so okay. that when a person doesn't really know um, something, we can commit mistake. Like if we don't know what's the meaning of abuse. Abuse means the illegal, improper, or harmful use of something. Mm -hmm. Addiction, a state of physical or mental dependence on a drug likely to have a damaging effect. Craving, a strong desire for something. Dependent, having a physical or mental need to use a drug or other substance regularly, despite the fact that it is likely to have damaging effect. What is a drug? Again, any substance other than food that we put into the body changes the way the body works or the way the person thinks. Illegal drug, a drug that is forbidden forbidden by law to use, possess, buy, or sell. What is narcotic? It is a drug affecting the central nervous system, the brain, and the spinal cord, which, of course, controls the coordination of the body. This can cause dizziness, euphoria, loss of memory, lack of coordination, and unconsciousness. Poison, a substance that causes illness, injury, or death if taken into the body or produced within the body. Tolerance, this is what the drug addicts are going through. They develop tolerance like if I'm addicted to alcohol, now I needed to have a higher powerful and most potent drug. So I may go into an LSD or something because I'm developing the tolerance. And this is the definition. When someone uses a drug or other substance over an extended period, they are said to build up a tolerance for the effects the drug causes, meaning a gradual loss or reduction of its usual effects. Now, a lot of people... That's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people will find a way to get more drugs because they don't want to go through withdrawal. Right. What is withdrawal? It is that unpleasant physical and emotional reactions felt when coming off a drug, ranging from mild discomfort to intense pain and seizures. 
depending on the drug. And avoiding, avoiding this pain is one reason addicts can't come off drugs, even when they want to quit. Hmm. If people go on the website and watch those public service announcements, when, like, some drugs can cause hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And hallucinations is basically you're seeing things and hearing things that are not there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I just got a report um, earlier because I've been following this case. Mm-hmm. And that person who killed someone is actually on a medication that caused hallucination. I told my husband You get morning, that a lot. Yeah. That's the one that did it. Hallucination yeah. is like... You're such a beautiful woman in front of me right now. But if I am on some form of drug that is causing me to hallucinate, I'm seeing you as a lion about to hit me and bite me. So what am I going to do here, Queen Sylvie? Am I just going to sit <laughs> like want, this? <laughs> you want me to tell you what? No, I'm just kidding. That I understand what you're saying because yeah. then they would want to attack me. They because wanna. they think they're seeing a lion that's coming at them. They're just like spaced out. Right. So they have to protect them, themselves. That's why they become very destructive and mm-hmm. violent. And let me tell you, a lot of these drug addicts, are not bad people. They are good people, but they got into the addiction and mm. they can't get away from it mm-hmm. because of that feeling that they're going to die or they're going to pass out if they can't get those drugs. So the lesson is wow. we're now showing them what the effects of these drugs. So they don't try drugs in the first place. So when you were as, were as a nurse in intensive care, did you see someone die? Did you see someone come in there lost on on drugs sick I've but then they all. didn't make it I've seen all isn't that terrible I know and that's why I am so passionate about this because we should take care of each other we should care one another like what you're doing to me now you're caring so much that I bring this in to your listeners it's important yes it is it we is very need, important. We all live on earth. We should need to get along and take care of each other. Well, you know, one thing also, in that booklet, in mm-hmm. those booklets, do you know that there are advertisements that try, try to tell people different? Yes. You know, you can get caught up in this advertisement and think, oh, this is good for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean that even from, from food. I mean, you know, everything is not good for you. Any obsessive behavior is bad for you, whether Absol- it be a food, whether it be a particular behavior, lifestyle. If you get caught up in that and it needs to be routine, yeah, you got an issue. You need to yes, you do get it fixed. And and that booklet is very important because you know there is parents out here who don't understand what's wrong with my child because yes. my child has behaviors changed and and you know what I mean. And so that is so very helpful and that is free. These are all free, all of these materials. Like if there is a teacher who wants to teach the class regarding these materials, they are available. We have the educator's package. It has DVD. It has um, The DVD is composed of all the public service announcements. Mm-hmm. The 17, they, they said uh, they said something and then they lied. And 
these public service announcements are so amazing. And then um, the students will go through lesson plans with the teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have classroom activities. They have assignments. And they enjoy because it's so You have to them. educate them. You, you really do. So that yeah, they don't yeah. fall short when they are down or when they're not feeling like they don't fit in and... Mm-hmm. You want to equip them so that they, they know, turn the other way. There's other positive options to that. Right. To all of that. Don't yeah. go down that road. That's we, not we the road. We had a question, too, that got wrote in, and I think she kind of touched on it. Uh, the key warning signs that your child, kid may be Well, that's perfect. Perfect. Thank you for that question. That's for you. Say that again. What is Say it, it again, please. Key warning signs or behaviors that may let you know your child is on drugs. Ah, well, they can just compare what was his behavior yesterday and what changed today, you know, that you may have to have a good communication cycle with a child. Just ask them what is happening. Well, you know what? I go one step. Not only just ask them, but take notes. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he may come be one, be this way in the morning, this way in the afternoon. I'm going to have to take notes down to, to, to try to... You know, like if you went to a doctor, doctor's gonna say, "Well, what things has he been doing, or what?" Well, I'm gonna yes. pull out my paper like this fool. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just being the silly girl that I am. But listen, scientists have learned that people whose minds and lives are controlled by alcohol and drugs are not more creative or more successful as a result. So, do drugs destroy creativity? Absolutely. I'm an artist, by the way, and I can paint and I can do a lot of things. I'm a small, talented. (laughs) Yes, very, um, very relaxing, actually. Mm -hmm. And I learn it just from watching other people. But if I'm on drugs, it will lower that creativity because of the side effects of drugs. Remember, drugs are poison. A small amount is will speed you up. Mm-hmm. Um, a greater amount will slow you down, and a large amount will kill you. So one lie told about drugs is that they help a person become more creative. The truth is quite different. Someone who is sad might use drugs to get a feeling of happiness, but it does not work. Drugs can lift a person into a fake kind of cheerfulness. But when the drug wears off, he or she crosses even lower than before. And each time, the emotional plunge is lower and lower. And you will see that. They become more um, mis-emotional. You know, you tell them something and they just plunge into getting into the drama. Eventually, drugs will completely destroy all the creativity a person has. Oh, yeah, and make them. I've I've, I've ran into people on the streets, and I'm like, what are they on? Because they're so aggressive. Some of them are so mean and moody, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you come across all of that. And, and, uh, you have a crackhead snap on it's you. Important. You know you've been snapped. Well, you know what? It's important to have a support system. It's important right. to have someone in your corner. And when you don't and you feel like you have no one, sometimes they go to gangs or other things that they think that they feel fit in on. Mm-hmm. But when you mm-hmm. feel like that, you need to reach the right number. Is there do you guys have like a eight hundred number too? Yeah, we do. If you go to the drug free old, I haven't memorized the eight hundred number. But, but there there is a way, there's always you can online, you can call, there's the the reach the it the availability is there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The materials are all free. And 
Um, this are being spread out all over the world right now, these materials. Well, um, then how can the people of, uh, let's say, in our area, how can the people in North Texas get involved and become a part of the movement to create a drug-free community within our, our area? Yes, I would love to have a grassroots campaign on having this area of North Texas have a drug free, um, in, become a drug free, you know, for all of us because it makes it safer for all of us to live and enjoy life basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I would like people to volunteer. Um, I need more volunteers to do a lot of activities in North Texas. Like, um, you can book airings of the public service announcement and documentary where you can put our public service announcements, mm-hmm. um, in malls, in chatters, sports arenas like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also set up an information booth where, when there are a lot of, uh, passing by people and they can at events and things, get a book. Yeah, events like that and, uh, do some pledge shots. Uh, pledges, you know, the pledges were mm-hmm, designed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they can do that. And um, once there's a lot of signatures on those pledges, we bring the awareness, the drug awareness to our civic leaders, our officials in the city mm-hmm. or in the area. Mm-hmm. Booklet dis- distribution. This is one of my favorite because my husband and I has been doing this for years. Rain or shine. We are walking to different businesses in the Arlington area, Grand Prairie, and wherever we can reach, we do this every week. We leave the booklets to business owners. Oh. Yeah, and we ask them to distribute it to uh, their customers. So you they are a hard working. That is so great. I might join you one day. Come, because it's that. fun. Yeah, yeah. That, that's outreach. Yes. That that is very good. good. That That, will be good. That is very good. And I would like to take the opportunity now to say thank you so much to all of the businesses that allows the booklets to be left in their um, establishments. What other things they can do? They can have essay and poster contests. Children will love this. (laughs) Um, Create drug-free youth clubs. Um do drug prevention lectures. I've been doing drug prevention lectures as well, and I enjoy it. My biggest crowd. Oh, I know you have a deep passion for it. You don't have to tell I me. I do. I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it makes me happy. Uh, you can also show public service announcement as a powerful opener for a talk. Registration like you. Drug-free concerts, and we're going to talk about that, that later. That would be great, too. Yeah, because um, Queen Silby knows I have a band. Yes, I do. So we... W- and we'll have that band, uh, what, springish? Yes, something when they are off school, because your time is uh, the time that they go to school. Yes. And these are young musicians who are drug-free as well, and they believe in what I'm... Messaging the them. music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sporting events, you know, they can go in like um, when there is a game. Mm-hmm. I have volunteers passing out truth about drugs to the attendees of the games. So have anyone um, ran into someone that's on drugs and they're like, I don't want that book. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. What do I want that for? We run on all kinds of people. But you just have to be um, caring and um 
knowing that that person is going through something and just be kind to them. And uh, I tell people, I care about you. That's why I'm giving this to you. And it's up to you to make a decision. That is right. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make that left eye blink a tear again, girl. Stop. Okay. All right. So, so, so the message for everyone, tell everyone where they can go again to, to, to pledge, to pick up a packet, to get a brochure. Tell everybody where we can go to get more information. Um, you can get all of this information again from the drugfreewall.org website. And if you are local and if you want to communicate with me, my cell phone is 817-715-6842. And if you don't remember, we have a Facebook page called um, Drug Free World North Texas. Drug Free World North Texas. Give that yes. number again. It's 817-715-6842. This is, it's been a while since I've had... Uh, not one, but two guests that's giving me phone numbers on air live. Hello, isn't that great? <laughs> I know it's, you don't give that much. I'm like, okay, follow it. Social security number. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding with you. So sign the pledge, get the information kit, educators. You, there's packages available for you to get the education thing. I think this is great. This you have been great. doing this for 10 years. Yes. And we'll do it for years. another 10 years. I'll do it until I say goodbye, Miss Quinn Silby. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> I'm not giving up, you know. Don't give up. And if you can see the package, um, I'm going to show. Flip them again because I'm showing them again. It's not like it's a big giant book. Like, oh boy, they're going to pregnant with the book. No, it's here. Yeah. It's filled. Every page has the exact information that you really need. And someone may have a teenager that's going through something, or have a friend that the teenager has a friend that's going through something and don't really know what to say. Well, well, this says it all. You yeah. just just give them that book and let them read that book and, and get it from there. Because sometimes people don't even want to hear it. Right, yeah. And, of course, our main goal here is to get them educated before they even try or experiment. And that drugs. is important. You want yeah. to build that so that they have that wall of knowledge. Right. You can't break that wall because I know better. Mm-hmm. Because I know. Mm-hmm. That is a great mission to do. And I look forward to the next and the next and the next. Especially that guest. You get with me on that because that will be really great as well. Yes. Every every month we are going to so enlighten you. We are going to so school you and prepare you to help school the next person as well. Because it might not be you. But I guarantee you, you everybody has someone in the family or knows somebody that knows somebody that has been affected by some type of drug. And some people don't even know all the type of drugs that there is to be aware of. No, they're and not even aware of what they're taking. Like, we're going to discuss the um, drug called synthetic drugs. I think that's the worst that a person can do because you never know what is in those concoction of... Uh, what would be a synthetic chemicals. drug? Synthetic drugs are man-made, basically, which we'll uh, be discussing in one of the booklets. Okay. Teach me, girl. School me, okay, because that's what I want. You, so... Listen, tell everybody one more time how you can be followed on social media yes, and you, contacted as well. You can reach me at 817-715-6842 or on Facebook, Drug Free World North Texas. Or if you forget everything, just go to the website, drugfreeworld.org, and tell them that we heard someone talking about truth about drugs how can we reach her? I'm very open. And I'm going to have that also on my page so you'll be able to 
copy it, paste it, send it around, share it on someone's page that really needs this. It is very important. I think it is important, and I thank you so much for being here and 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 starting. This is just the beginning. Yes, absolutely. It is thank just the beginning, so and there's so much um, that we're going to do. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Also, Nina, is there anything that you want to say? Any upcoming performances or events that you might be be uh, doing? Uh, not yet. But what I would like to do is, can I read a post-program survey? If Absolutely. If you have a little bit of time. Absolutely. This is um, actually a school that uh, we went to using the education package. We mm-hmm. gave it to the teachers. Mm-hmm. And after the program, this is what the, uh, one of the students said. Did this drug education program help you understand better what drugs are and their effect? Yes, it did. It did help because now I know more information about drugs and their effects. Number two question was, what were your views about drugs before you started this program? All I knew was that they mess up your life and the damage, uh, but I didn't know that it messes you up mentally. And this is from a middle school in one of the schools that we went to. That is cool. So after you do that, you give them a questionnaire and and, and let them... Uh, give you their opinion and their experience and what they think. Yes. So that's good, good feedback to have. Yeah, this is what came out from the use of the education package. This is the education package that uh, teachers or any groups, even like a pastor, if they have a weekly class, they can order this for free. It has all of these booklets and they have lesson plans. They have DVD. Children will go through each of the drugs, um, you know, like every week if that's how they meet or uh, how often. And then they will learn about the mechanisms of the, you know, all of So what about, what about, um, videos? You know how some of the younger youth is into videos and things like that. Do you have a video to show? If some don't want to read it, do we have it in video form or? Yes, we do. We have the public service announcement and documentary DVD as well. And this, when children see it, they really become uh, so aware and they love the interaction because the people on the videos are actually previous drug users. So they can relate to it. That's good. Yeah. That is so great. I'm glad we met. I'm, I'm glad, glad we I'm, met I'm, too on Facebook. I, yeah, I really am. And I think that this is going to be absolutely great. I'll log on and find Nina Tan. Uh, she's available on Facebook. She gave her phone number out, girl, because I'm not giving my phone number out. No, I'm just playing. I'm going to give my phone number out one of these days. But Nina, I thank you very much for being here on the show. I, I can't, can't tell you how I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, thank you so much too because just now you saved millions yes absolutely we have that is great smooth did you learn anything i certainly did because i have booklets that i will be passing out everywhere that i go if someone wants a booklet and don't want to go through nina guess what we're going to make it accessible where you can get it from any of us because yes let me know message me on queensylviacomedy.com is that my website yeah queensylviacomedy.com yeah dot com is my website that you can log on oh. or you can email me at queensylviacomic dot com and request this information and we'll make sure that you get this information out or we will direct you to Nina Tan who can answer all of your questions. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram under Sylvie Starks and Queen Sylvie. What about you, Smooth? And you can follow me, Tim McKiffin, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And again is the 
Queen had mentioned. If you would like to be a guest, you've got something that we think would make the world a better place, mm-hmm. get a hold of us. Queen Sylvie at comic.com or simply log on to www.queensylviecomedy.com. That's right. It's been a great day here full of information, positive information that is just for you. Thank you for tuning in. We'll tune in next week. We have another fantastic lineup of guests on the show. Go out and enjoy your terrific Tuesday, if you will. It is a beautiful day here. If you woke up today, it should be a fantastic day. And so make the mess the best of it. Queen Sylvie's turning out right now. So we're going to go with um, who was Soul. Jay Soul was a former guest here, and he's out of Cleveland, Ohio. Check him out, Jay Soul or Jarvis Soltis, S O L T I S, on Facebook. He's a rising star, doing a lot of big positive things for this community. And we're going to go out with one of his tunes and enjoy your day. Yeah. Peace. Sitting, I think to myself, of who I once was or what I become. I just wish I never wasted my time of fun. Cause when you go up, you don't get a rerun. I'm stuck in a trap that will not unwrap. And once I get out, I will fall right back. And people just tell me, yo, JC, I'm trapped. How can I do that when my heart's so black? Getting real stressed and becoming depressed. That is my test. It's falling to rest. It's looking at my life. I don't see nothing blessed. Looking for help. I don't see nothing left. Believing in God has become a real problem. With all of my problems, I wish I can solve them. And when I can solve them, I will go resolve them. Cause when you resolve them, you got no more problems. Cause when you resolve them, yeah, you got no more problems. What? When you resolve them, yeah, you got no more problems. And that is part of my life, and if I could go back, I'd go live that bitch twice. I sit by myself and I think all the time, if I could rewind it, would I be alright? myself and think at times if I can go back and just go rewind, would I be alright with my friends to right? would I have to watch a best friend go die, yeah I've hated my miserable life, but thanks to my peeps they've been keeping me bright, I used to use drugs and stay up all night, but now I just work and I'm living my life, but I'm hating this life, not everyone's just taking these lives, gotta walk these streets with a heater at night, and watch you play cause they want you not say, man damn, What's the meaning of life? If I can't walk outside and see living life, my sights realize and I gotta survive. I only got one life, so I take pride of what we come inside. I realize it's a long, long, long road till the end of time. And when I shine, I know everything will be alright, but think I have these thoughts. So what in a yard to rearrange plots that I have forgot. Cause somebody stole my best friend in the world, and now I would just cry in silence. And I think to myself, of who I once was or what I become. I just wish I never wasted my time of fun. Cause when you go up, you don't get a rerun. 
I'm stuck in a trap that will not unwrap. And once I get out, I won't fall right back. And people just tell me, yo, JC, on track. How can I do that when my heart's so black? Getting real stressed and becoming depressed. That is my test. It's falling to rest. It's looking at my life. I don't see nothing blessed. Looking for help. I don't see nothing left. Believing in God has become a real problem. With all of my problems, I wish I can solve them. And when I could solve them, I would go resolve them. Because when you resolve them, you got no more problems. Because when you resolve them, yeah, you got no more problems. What? When you resolve them, yeah, you got no more problems. And that's just part of my life. And if I could go back, I'd go live that bitch twice. I sit by myself and I think all the time. If I could rewind it, would I be all right? Myself and thinking times if I can go back and just go rewind. Would I be alright? Would my friends survive? Would I have to watch a best friend go die? Yeah, I've hit up my miserable life. But thanks to my peeps, they've been keeping me right. I used to use drugs and stay up all night. But now I just work and I'm living my life. But I'm hating this life. Not everyone's just taking these lights. Gotta walk these streets with a heater at night and watch when you fight because they march you outside. Man, damn. What's the meaning of life? If I can't walk outside and see living life, my sight's realized and I gotta survive. I only got one life, so I take pride of what we come inside. I realize it's a long, long, long road till the end of time. And when I shine, I know everything will be alright, but think I have these thoughts. So walk in a yard to rearrange plots that I have forgot. Cause somebody stole my best friend in the world, and I would just cry in silence. <laughs> 